This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet 50 bucks at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And we're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already played fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And we're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of the SGPN. And they're offering an incredible 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to go check out our new Discord server. The perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamepodcast.com slash Discord. Explanation. All right, DJs, welcome back to the Golf Gambling Podcast. It's your boy, Boston Capper, with special guest, Kobe DeBose tonight. Kobe, how are we doing, Kevin, buddy? Good to see you. Appreciate see you having well. me on. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. So we're going to do a little open recap, some DFS strategy, theory, things like that, get a little more on your background and how you're so fucking successful at it. I'm sure uh, some guys would, uh, would, would like to hear that. Uh, and really, uh, you know, I got back into DFS after listening to you and Andy's podcast. Like I treated it as just like funny money and would yeah. just like throw it in, not really pay attention and grind. I'm like, why am I not grinding on this? Like I do, I do so much fucking research during the week for the pod. Why don't I do it? Use that. Yeah, yeah. Why don't I, why don't I do that instead of just grinding, you know, $200 matchups, <laughs> you know what I mean? Over the weekend. So um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, those are fucking coin flips. Doesn't matter what research you do. Like who knows? That's the, <laughs> the, the sport we choose to gamble on is the most insane thing and people who don't gamble on golf just have no idea like how variant this fucking sport is it's not oh they've, they've got no clue i have people ask me all the time like oh how does it compare to baseball i'm like it's, it's might as well be from a different planet like i mean <laughs> exactly. it's, not, it's an entirely different ordeal so. yeah absolutely yeah you got one game to worry about i got four days and 150 <laughs> opponents okay <laughs> like it's, it's not it's, 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 i love the thursday sweats i love when i get a sunday sweat cam smith is the only mother since the fall swing i was on fire in the fall swing crushed the fall swing and then since the fall swing the only outright i've hit is cam smith three times that's it that's it this game, this game is so maddening he's your guy that's it he is my guy well we'll see we'll see if he's still gonna be my guy or not <laughs> We'll see if these rumors are true. I mean, fucking. So I, I, I don't like the fact that Barstool came out with it, and then TMZ globbed onto it. I'm like, yeah, see, these, I feel like these aren't great sources. That is, they're not, and they, and he's my boy. So I'm like holding out hope, but goddamn, there's a lot of smoke, man. Yeah, I think as we found out, where there's smoke, you know, there's usually fire with the live stuff. But I want to see it reported by somebody. With I mean, there's a lot of reporters who are pretty close to him. I feel like, yeah, like him being in Jacksonville and all that. Yeah, so you would think that somebody would have would have some good intel. We'll yeah, see. I mean, he lives right down the street from the fucking PGA Tour, like right down the street. I'm like, I'm, I'm I live probably 15 minutes from Camp Smith. <laughs> so let you go ask him. I just, I listen, I, I, I actually know where his house is. <laughs> Um, but, but you don't see him in a while, man. He's too recognizable. Though. But I'm probably I probably stumbled across many PGA golfers out at the beaches and had no fucking clue who they were, even though I bet on them. Uh, so that makes sense. All right, so let's do a little open recap, man. Obviously, uh, you know you're a big uh, big fan of Rory. So, and I had the camp ticket. So I guess talk me through your emotions on on Sunday. What do you think happened? Do you think 
he played too conservative the whole time? Do you think he didn't think anybody would come back from the pack and catch him? Or was it just the fact that he that his irons were a little loose? You know, he just got beat. And I think his quote after the round summed it up pretty well. He said, I didn't do anything wrong, but I didn't really do anything right. I think yeah. that was pretty much it. I think he yeah. played – the ball striking was a little loose. It wasn't quite as good as it was the first three days. Drives were just a little off, you know, whereas he's driving greens on Friday, Saturday. He's just missing them, leaving them in the wrong spot yep. on Sunday. Irons were a little off. He's missing that side of the ribs that you need to get on seven to kick it closer to the hole, which okay. makes all the difference, right? I mean, it's yeah. difference in the one birdie he really needed. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was just a little off. Obviously, the putter. I mean, that's Rory. He's gonna yeah. make a lot of putts every now and then. He's gonna miss a lot of putts every now and then. Um, Rory, two putted what, like thirty-seven straight greens, which <laughs> is when I heard that stat, I'm just going. <laughs> on some level, it just tells you how good he hit it. That yeah, it was just. He was never in a bad spot. They said he hit one bunker all week, and he holed out from that for eagle, so it wasn't okay. a problem. Basically, yeah. he did the tiger thing. I, when he when he eagled out that fucking hole, I texted Steve. I was like, "Fucking shit, that's it! Like, wrap it up! Like, this is." I was like, "I can't believe this storybook ending is actually going to happen." Because I'm, yeah. I'm so that's the reason I always dig in, and like, I have my own issues with Rory being sure like, being an Irish guy. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> I have my own issues with him. And then when the media just starts to jam the narratives down. Your oh, throat. Yeah. I just immediately get my back up and want to go the other way. Like that's just my nature. Like it, it, you know, it, that used to, that used to be me and I'm pretty contrarian when it comes to DFS. Usually um, I, I have a real soft spot for Rory. I don't know when it started happening because I was not a Rory guy and I used, I mean, I would lose and lose and lose on him. I mean, I have gone up and down the road with Rory, every one of these majors. Um, and I haven't been in every major. I didn't have him in the U S open. Right. Um, but I've had him a lot. So I've, I've seen the Rory show play out. So I was kind of prepared for anything. Wake up Sunday morning, pretty optimistic. Oh, yeah, you and had you to. Know, well, you know Cam's got a shot from the back. I didn't expect Hovland to really do much. Yeah, I, I targeted Hovland in the matchups that day. I was like, he's going to fade. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I think it was smart. He just yeah. – he looked kind of bad on Saturday. He, I mean, he scored well, but he just made a million putts. So you didn't think that was going to continue. So it was really, can we hold off the cams? I thought Scheffler might make a run. He could make a putt. And so you're feeling really good around like number 11. You're thinking, well, I've got number 12 and the par five to go in 18. Yep. Those are three holes he's been birdieing every day. He's probably going to birdie those. We're two up already. So, okay, Cam Smith needs to go get five birdies to tie. <laughs> and then, okay, we don't birdie any of those three. And Cam Smith goes and gets five birdies. Well, yep. we got four. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going, yeah. come on. You know, we're still there at the end. I mean, this is Rory for you, right? He hits an amazing shot into 17. He's giving himself looks. Oh. I mean, you even think like Cam Young then Eagles 18. So you're thinking, okay, oh. there's a shot. It's yep. not over. He could drive it on the screen to 10 feet. If, That's you know, what I'm so surprised about. I can't believe he didn't drive the green on 18. Well, it comes up 40 yards. I mean, it wasn't even short. close. No. Even, and particularly after Cam Smith had just knocked it up there real close, you know, Rory – hits it further than him so he obviously didn't get all that drive but no a lot of emotions i turned it off really quickly i fired off some really salty uh tweets um got really in my feelings my wife was like you want to go to a movie you want to turn off the golf i was like yes, yes. so we went and saw top gun nice. didn't look at the golf again came home put on the barracuda she was like what are you doing i was like good point golf is off <laughs> um, and yeah so i kind of avoided it for the day and then obviously woke up this morning to all the Weird live news. So back oh. into the neck. Love golf. That's the way it goes. I've held yeah. big tickets before. Hundred grand is a lot of money to anybody. Yeah. Still, 
So I mean, I've won a lot of money this year, but it's still a ton of money, particularly on outright. Um, that's an but, incredible amount of money on outright. Well, I told Andy, you know, when I was on his pod for the preview, I said, Andy, the thing about betting on Rory that I know is that he's a pretty good steward of your money. You will have a shot. Yeah. You know, and that's that's why you bet on Rory, because you know that you're going to have a shot and that ticket will have some chance to win on Saturday or Sunday. And that's more than you can say for a lot of guys that you're betting at the top. 90 percent, 90 percent of the guys. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which is why you bet Rory, really. But you know that he struggles to close a little bit. So that's the downside. Um, And that's pretty much how it played out. Yeah, man. What do you think about Cam Young? What a fucking performance by Cam Young. Yeah, impressive. I I went back and forth with him. I mean, the narrative going into last week was that he's kind of broken. You know, oh, he had one bad round. He's been broken. And I, you know, I'm usually the kind of guy that's going to go against that. Um, But I I kind of struggled with him for this week. I mean, I wasn't quite sure if the bomber narrative was going to play out. It obviously did with him. Um, he hits it so far. So like, far, man. He's like baby Bryson. I mean, he hits it further than Rory. And he's not even a big dude. Exactly. He's just he's a little. even a big dude. He's probably my size. Fucking 5'9". He's, five, nine. he's <laughs> built like a you know brick shit house. Whatever he's got going, there's a lot of power in that little body. Um, yeah, he just pounds it. But he was impressive. I mean, he, he had a number of mistakes, and you thought, well, there he goes. There's the eject. And just right yeah. back with two straight birdies. Um, Really impressive stuff. I mean, he's going to break through. Oh, he is. He's still figuring it out. That golf course is tricky, but he just blew it over all the trouble, which yep. I think he benefited from it being pretty calm conditions. I don't know how Cam Young holds up if it gets really tough and windy there, but it wasn't. He did, he did well at the U.S. Open. Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, so that was those he, shitty conditions. That's right. Played well at the PGA. Um, the Masters is a bit of a mystery. I mean, he obviously ejected there, but I, I think he's going to – I mean, it goes out saying you're going to see him in these majors. He's going to be the kind of guy who elevates in tougher fields. I mean, we all, we've seen those guys. We play them all the time. The guys who, you know, we, we will expect him to go out and win the Detroit event because he's going to hit it so far. But then he won't. Exactly. And then he will. He's going to be like a Zalatoris type character. Um, yeah. So we'll have to remember that. I think moving forward, you're going to see a lot of opportunities with him because people are going to hop off of him as he has these bad runs. Then you're going to get him at the golf courses where he can just hit it a mile. Yep. And you're going to get great value. Um, and he's going to win. He's going to win majors. I, I think, think so. he's I think he's probably the most talented of the rookie crop. Of the rookie crop. I would agree. I mean, what a what a good fucking rookie crop, too. Holy yeah. shit. Like, oh, yeah. And that's why, like, I mean, we could transition a little. We, we'll, a little I'll we'll do a couple more things about the Open. But, like, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's why, like, some of these guys are going to live. I'm like, I don't care. That means I'll get to see another Cam Young come up. You know what that's I mean? Right. Like, there'll be somebody who I didn't expect to come up is now in the spotlight. They'll take his spot. They'll always be good golfers. It'll always be the PGA Tour. Whatever. Like, yeah, they're know. young and they're interesting. I mean, I yeah. think that's the cool thing about the rookie crop here. Like, they're so different. Cam Young is your smash the ball country club kid from New York. You've yep. got Sahith, who has just the most interesting story. Right. Just an interesting story, man. Just a California yep. kid living with his parents, crying all over the course, got his little brother there. Yep. Just compelling. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, even Mito is – I've never been a big Mito guy. I know Me most either. people are, but yeah. but he's interesting in his own way. I mean, yep. he, these aren't um, these aren't plain Jane characters. No. These aren't your – I mean, I know there's a lot of Alex Smollies in the world, right? <laughs> I mean, the rookie crop has 15 or 20 of those guys yeah. who you yeah. just can't pick out of a lineup. But the guys who have elevated have really been the, the ones with some personality to them, yeah. which I think is pretty cool. I think it's going to make them more interesting and more fun to watch. The – for gambling purposes, the key is going to be able how to pick out these guys that aren't that don't have the big personalities that we can kind of get lost on the ones that just sort of look like the other guys. 
figuring out who those guys are is more difficult because Absolutely. you don't get as much coverage of them because the, the narratives aren't growing around them. So it can become difficult to, to pinpoint who they are and how they play versus Golf the guys. Is stuff. the nut low of all yeah. fucking sports coverage. They hate us. I don't understand. They, they still, I, they, they care about the fucking, you know, the guy that was my father's age sleeping on the couch on a Sunday. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, so it's so you watch the covers and I, I think they have a hard job because golf with so many guys is hard to cover. I mean, football, oh, yeah. there's one play right? and it all pretty much looks the same and they know exactly how to cover it. Golf is just all over the place and wild. So it is a hard job, but I think they did this thing for the longest time where they would show like every shot Matt Kuchar hit when he was six shots back because yeah. they were just sure that everyone wanted to see Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar. Yeah. So they, they just zero in on these guys who are a little bit older, who are kind of not relevant anymore. I mean, they do it with Spieth, who is obviously relevant, but they'll they'll hang on to these guys for longer oh, yeah. than they should. Absolutely. Because they're like six months behind on what the viewer cares about. Or exactly. six years behind. All right. You guys got to make sure you get down a win bet, $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you to win up to 200 bucks in free bets. And if you're betting baseball, you got to check out the win bet and their reduced juice in baseball games to make them the best place to bet the MLB. And listen, you also got to get on there. Ultimate fantasy football experience. If you bet $500 in sports or casino before July 31st, you get entered to win the fantasy football, ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. And listen, there's so much to choose from. And all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit WYNNBet.com to get started. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And, and I know we're like the one-offs, right? Because it's funny. Because So I'll listen to like regular sports talk radio. And they'll be like, Cam Smith won the Open. And they're like, he's a good young player. I'm like, what, what are you talking? Like they, the average person doesn't – like we're – we know we're niche, but I, I feel like we don't know how niche we are. Right. We are like, we are like, I don't know, Canadian. We're the like niche football. of the niche. Yeah. Like yeah. we're wicked small. Like Canadian yeah. football probably has more recognizability than, than some of the golfers. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it sucks because I love it. Uh, and I love to gamble on. I love to play DFS in it. And it's like, I enjoy it. Like I love watching thursday opening round action like it's fucking it's part of my routine thursday i get my first I'm round of sweat. when yeah. i wake up thursday i am excited like yeah. you get that first birdie on the board let's yeah, go. Baby. none of your guys have withdrawn 10 minutes after lock and you are you're like all right we're good we're good <laughs> fucking uh shank that coward uh withdrew after his bad first round the other week and crushed a bunch of six and sixes for me fucking asshole but uh yeah man it's uh it's yeah, it's funny how niche we are. It's uh, like they don't appreciate it. Like I and I get that they had like the storyline with Rory and and all that this week, but like they didn't show Cam Young drive the green. They didn't show a whole bunch of other shit. And it's like they can improve on it. There has to be a way to oh, improve yeah. on it. Like you have the technology, even if it's just for us little degenerates. Like stream it on PGA Tour on like the website. I'll go right. there and look for it. If you want to keep the main broadcast the way it is, fine. Keep the main broadcast, but give us. The people who bet on this shit every week and 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 keep it alive in DraftKings make it relevant. Yeah. Like, give us what we want too, man. Well, they do that in other sports, right? I mean, if you see yeah. college football and you get to the national championship or even just the regular playoff games, they've got seven different seven channels, sports. right? You can exactly. watch 
the coaches play. Back in the Final Four, they would have a one broadcast for each team. Yep. Right? They have Wisconsin yep. announcers and Kentucky announcers. Um, why can't you do that? And why can't you have a little more? I'm not saying do that for every event, but certainly no. for the majors and the Absolutely. big events. Um, and if people love it, I mean, keep it rolling, but. Yep. I don't know. It's almost I'd, like pay for it. I'd absolutely pay no, for it. I would too. I would too. I mean, I pay for all so many other different little $10 <laughs> golf things every month. I mean, why not? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like Peacock. I'm going to 100% uh, forget to uh, cancel that shit. And uh, <laughs> next month, I'm going to get hit with another $6 charge. For I have my $6, NBC. <laughs> well played, guys. Well, well played. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fucking. <laughs> I was texting Steve back and forth, and he he, he said he's like they're gonna be sitting with their fucking accountants and be like, how come there was a surge in uh, in premium peacock in July? <laughs> it's fucking, <laughs> fucking open. Oh, and that's another thing you talk about like announcers and shit. Can can we can we just can we take the European announcers? They are the fucking best, the oh, yeah. absolute best. Even like, the radio guys. I was listening to. I was on a plane back from Vegas. Um, is on the red eye, but the golf had already started, so I had the. Uh, open championship radio on while I was yep. flying. I kind of was falling asleep in and out, but they were awesome. Yeah, like, that's, who are that's these guys? I, I, that's what I usually do for the open. I'll throw the audio on to listen to yeah. them. And the screen doesn't always match up, but I don't care because they do such a good job explaining everything. They don't care. They break balls. They tell you when it's a terrible shot. Like, I yeah. love, that. love that shit. Love it. It's perfect. It's cool. We can do better with that. I don't know. It's, I, again, I try not to get too much. I, I, try, I mean, people complain about, Every shit in golf. I feel like golf fans are like the most finicky, whiny group. Yeah. I mean, I'm among them, so I'm not yeah, talking do. shit about anybody. I'm a part yeah. of that. We yeah. just have something to complain about every day. So I, every just, day. I just try to stay out of that. But at the same time, when I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm no expert at this, but I can tell you that this guy, like when on Saturday, Rory was obviously the story that they wanted to focus on. Yep. And by the fifth hole, he's on the par five and he hadn't made a birdie yet. And he hit a drive like 380 and he had 170 in. And they hadn't shown it. And I'm watching it on Shot Tracker, and it had been yeah. five minutes. I'm like, if you can't even keep up with your main storyline, the yeah. one that you yeah. definitely want to show us, and he's in like the biggest moment of his round so far, I mean, what hope do we have for the rest of these guys? You know, exactly. and that was really just hit me. They just got lost, and they were really only trying to show five guys. They couldn't even do that. Nope, it was bad, man. It, it was bad, but whatever. Like, it is what it is. Like, whatever. We take take it or leave it. Thank God for five. Thank God they had shot link data. Like, and I was yeah. refreshing that thing like a motherfucker because I'm still sweating. <laughs> whoever, who, whatever guys I need. All right, I need another birdie here to, to not min cash here to move up this way. Like, did you get? Uh, did you have a good weekend DFS wise? No, no, I didn't. I had a horrible weekend. You know, well, it's funny. I had a really good five of six mm-hmm. on Saturday. It was actually. For a while, it was leading the Millionaire Maker, the Damn. Mega Milli, the four 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 four, and that would have been a six of six. But Jamie Donaldson missed cut by one. He three putted from two feet at one point uh, in his second round. So you know that wasn't great. That team no. had Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Dylan Fratelli, who made two eagles on Saturday. So like it had a lot going on on that Saturday when all three of those guys were charging, and I'm looking at that. Jamie Donaldson, just like, oh my God, you're going to cost me a million dollars, aren't you? That team ends up min cashing yep. barely at the end of the day because all those guys just went Err? on yep. Sunday. Um, yeah, Scotty, man, what the fuck was up with Scotty on Sunday? I couldn't these, buy a putt, man. He had these slumpy shoulders. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I've never seen him like that. He kind of was doing the John Rom thing where, or even the Rory thing where Rory sometimes gets a bad, not a bad attitude, but gets a little down mm-hmm. and he starts missing putts. Scheffler was doing that. It was yeah. like, he expected to miss him, and he did, yeah. and he just got slumpier and slumpier and slumpier, which I haven't seen that in his DNA. I'm a little 
curious. I hope that doesn't continue because I felt like I understood who he was as a player pretty well. Yep. And that threw a bit of a kink. Not the play. I mean, he can have bad rounds, but I've never seen him get the body out of himself like he did. Yeah. But, I mean, when you miss as many putts as he did, it it had It'll to fuck be with you. Yes. It had to be twelve putts inside of ten feet. I don't. I haven't seen the numbers, Easy. but I watched most of them. Easy. I, yeah. It was ten or twelve putts yeah. within ten feet that he just bricked all of them. They weren't even close. Either. No, that's that's the thing. Like they weren't like they weren't they weren't kissing it. They weren't rimming around. No, no, no. It was fucking. I completely misread this. I thought it was breaking right and it went six feet left. I was like, damn man, you're like me out there after having a couple gin and tonics on the unit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I mean, so any like, uh, so any big takeaways? Like anybody who you were super disappointed with, other than Jamie Donaldson, um, within their performance? Yeah, I think it kind of played how I expected it to play. We discussed how we thought that it was just going to be a lot of really weird forty to sixty yard shots and awkward pitches, and even the wedges that you're hitting were going to be little sawed off wedges that need to be spinning in there. And it really played out that way. You didn't see many guys with eight iron in hand. No. I mean, there were a couple holes where that happened, but it wasn't like that. Um, seven, seven probably the most. Yeah. I mean, these guys were – it was really a, a strange week in that regard. Um, and distance mattered, but I think the guys who were accurate were really able to play. I mean, Brian Harmon ends up finishing, what, T4? Right. I, I, I had him on a lot of teams, and I pointed him out because I thought guys like him who were accurate could take advantage of the firm fairways. Um, but – I don't know. I mean, disappointments, obviously, I don't think I'm disappointed in Rory. I think, he, no. again, being around, you know, he just can't close. But, you know, I like where he's at. I think he's obviously going to close the door at some point <laughs> if you keep hanging around. Justin Thomas may be a little disappointing. Um, just was never in it. Nope. It's kind of one of those old JT performances in the majors where never got himself involved in the action at all. John Rahm, kind of a similar thing. I think we all saw that coming. Yeah, we did, though, yeah. Um, I, a little – I mean, I know the live guys played pretty well. Mm-hmm. The DJ performance didn't surprise me. I thought he could be okay. No. Uh, pleasantly surprised, I guess, by Bryson, if you're rooting for him. I mean, was able – we didn't see him at all. So I, I was going to say, I don't think I saw a single shot. Yeah, I don't know how it looked, but I'm sure he had to be hitting it pretty straight. Otherwise, I think as we saw, if you got sideways, I mean, there was a lot of trouble out there. So he obviously found some way to keep it straight, which Dude, those those bushes are fucking evil. Oh yeah. I fortunately I played so I played the old course twice in June. Yeah. I mean lucky. Um Hell yeah, that's I, awesome. I didn't find any of the gorse, which was nice. I mean the the caddies were kind of steering you away from it at all Hell costs. Because yeah. once you saw those bushes, like you realize it's the thing about the Xander Shoffley drop when he was <laughs> What a joke. What a joke. I mean, having seen those things up close and personal, like that's why everyone, that's why the rules official, that's why the guys on TV were like, nope. Yeah. Because you literally look at that, you will break your club. Like it, it, it's basically like hitting into an oak tree. Like there's no, there's no getting your club through that. It will stop your club. It will break it. Yeah. I mean, you're not, the The only thing you could have done is hit it further into that same bush. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That that was a real bad look by Xander, man. That was a real bad look. And yeah. his caddy's trying to and it, look. I get it. I'm like a defense lawyer, so I yeah, stand yeah. up for some sometimes some <laughs> back patterns that just, just don't sound quite add up. Yeah, and he's he's doing that. He's like, yeah, I think we could definitely hit it over here, pal. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, Mm-mm. we it's all good see cat, what it's you're good doing caddy here. though. I was yeah, like, you're a caddy though. Respect yeah. what you're doing. Exactly. But you're full of shit. I always look at it like <laughs> if my buddy was trying to get a drop. 
Like, oh, how no. fast would you tell your buddy to go fuck himself? And yeah, no chance, like, pal. Yeah, be like, cool. You, it's cool. I, I don't know what game you're playing, but it's not golf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zero chance of giving you any type of relief from that. You're taking your fucking drop. And, like, the fact that it took 20 fucking minutes, it felt like. I know. Like, well, oh he was, that was when Rory was kind of at the height of his powers, too. And, you know, I made I, a comment. Just trying to put the ice on him. He's trying yeah, to ice Rory down. Ice him I up. think Rory made the – he birdied there. He had driven that green. I think he yeah. two-putted for birdie. But Xander, really, like, 25 minutes of just bad back and forth. Credit to the – I think the RNA officials, and we found this over and over, they don't put up with shit. No. They're not when they have a ruling. Give you shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna bully them like you do no. the PGA Tour officials. Yeah. Bob, who Bob, who was an accountant for 30 years and really liked golf, and so now he's a fucking PGA <laughs> official. The RNA guy was like, "Oh, it's really not comfortable with this," and that was it, <laughs> yeah. like in the nicest way possible. You know, he's just he's like, "Ah, oh, that's the way he told you, fuck off." Yeah, exactly. English people fucking tell you to fuck off in a very polite, way. <laughs> <laughs> very polite way. <laughs> they're not as they're not as brash as we are over here. Yeah, um, yeah no, so, I thought a lot of. It just played out how we expected, honestly. Yeah. Can't they finally showed up for one? He did. He played well. I think you know he he missed an opportunity Saturday afternoon to really, really yeah. post a good round. I mean, I think he got it to minus eleven at one point, mm-hmm. and was I mean a lot of momentum going. He's making putts, um, and he ends up finishing that round at minus eight or nine or something like that. Um, yeah. So he left a few out there, but obviously that's better. You know, it's, it's progress for him. I think he can oh, take yeah. something. Yeah, definitely. No, we'll see. We'll All see right. What he We'll fucking put a cap in the open. We get nine months until the next one. Next Ugh. major, not the next open. Anybody that hurts. Knows. Yeah, a lot of time. I don't know what I'd do. I do. It's so long. I remember, you know, we had the sort of, what, seven or there were seven majors in yeah. whatever, awesome. 15 months. And yeah. we got so spoiled. It's ridiculous. We, yeah. All we needed was a fucking crippling pandemic to give, us, <laughs> to, give us, to give us golf fans what we wanted. Bring COVID back. Let me get some more majors in a row, please. I guess that's why we like the majors, though, right? They kind of starve us of they do. majors. And then by the time we get around to March, you're just like, get Saturday. me to the Masters. Come on. Masters, we go. Masters. Dude, that's what I had DirecTV forever for the football and Masters. You know what I mean? And now I can stream it. Right. The, um, but yeah, man. Uh, so 3M. Yay. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. And so it's a Monday. I'll probably be excited for it by tomorrow because I have nothing else to gamble on. You know what I'll say? I'll say that I think there may be some fatigue after these majors and people don't. These are some of the easiest weeks to win. Like I've won my two of my biggest scores this year were at the Heritage. So we got the Masters when I took down a huge GPP and then. Um, at the Travelers, I guess, which is the week after the U.S. Open. I took down, yeah. or I got second, another side, so two six-figure scores in the weeks after majors. I mean, some of that is just variance, but yeah. some of it also is people are just kind of worn down. They're yeah. not very excited about this. They don't want to put in the time. They've just invested their whole week watching British Open golf and weird hours. Yep. Um, so I think there's some opportunities, which oh, I'm trying to remind myself. All right, so I guess I, I guess I kind of jumped the gun, right? I just assume everybody listening knows who you are. Um, why don't you give a little background on your on your DFS? So, Kobe, how much you've made it a stupid amount of money this year uh, on on DFS golf? So, I guess talk a little bit about like uh, are you a one fifty max guy every week? Do you change it up week to week? Like, do you hand build anything? Yeah, so I've kind of gotten into a, a bit of a rhythm in terms of what I enter and and where and when and how. So I, I max enter the $20 typically. I also play in the $3,100 contest, which to max enter that, depending on the week, you either get three or four entries into that. So I usually 
max those two contests. And then I usually play in the Thunderdome, which is the $5,300 that has, you know, either 20 people for the majors, 10 or 15. They change it up depending on how many of us they think they can get in. Those are where your high, high, high rollers, you're going to see your Mach Lovins and your yeah. Peter Gibbons and the names that you see. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of success in that contest, though. I've, I, I think I've top three finished, which is cash in all of them like six times since March, which is nice. You know, pretty tough to do. Those guys, the thing about those contests, the higher the stakes you get, people don't really think this way, but I, these guys treat them more like cash games, the higher stakes you get, because just cashing in the Thunderdome is fifteen or $20,000 depending on the week. So the chalk will become chalkier, right? So like a 20% Chris Goddard up is 60% in this contest. So if you can figure out who the chalk is, I mean, if you're willing to fade it, you can get so much leverage in these big contests and it's easy to know who people are going to play because you're playing against the same guys every week. And they like who they like. Yeah. You know, you like Mito, you like him every week and they'll just keep playing the same guys. So I've kind of learned how to play those contests, but I like the, you know, the 150 max thing is interesting to me because it always, I always feel like you have a chance. You just have so many runners and it makes the week more interesting. Yeah. Whereas yeah. If you're entering three or four lineups. And what I'll do is I'll build usually 146 lineups. Let's say I have, if you can put four into the 3,100, I'll build 146 lineups through my lineup generators. Yeah. And then I'll start looking at those and seeing like, what is my player pool? Like, how did that come out? I'll pick a few of those that I like the best. And then I'll start hand building my four that I'm going to put in the more expensive contest. And the hand builds have been pretty successful for me at getting the six of sixes through. They're a little more conservative um, in terms of I'll, I'll usually play a bit more balanced lineups. So I'm trying to get the six of sixes through, but you know, I do take from my sort of optimizer math, uh, you know, mass entry builds mm -hmm. just to get some ideas of kind of your brain this is a big puzzle, right? And computers are much better at putting together puzzles than your brain is. So a lot of times the optimizers or the lineup builders will put together combinations that you don't even see. Right. You know, and yep. you go through yep. and you're like, whoa, okay, well, that's an interesting idea. Let me start with that. And then you can sort of hand build off of that. So I tell people sometimes, even if you want to hand build 10 lineups, if you have access to a site that has an optimizer, you might go and have it build you 50 lineups and just start seeing what's in there because it can help you then visualize how all the works together. So I like that because so I use so what I'll do is like so I just thought like literally after your guys podcast I think the two weeks later I started doing like 150 the mini max right just kind of sure, fuck yeah. around and, and play some stuff and, and kind of work on some theories and that type of shit and what I would do is I always do like the whatever the three or the five dollar twenty max too and mm -hmm. I always hand built those. And I always do those first. So I wonder if I do that. I wonder if I do run the simulator first, come back and do it. Because then what I'll do is I'll pick out for the three entries and single entries, I'll pick out my favorite of my hand builds and put those in there. So I wonder if yeah. I do that. Hmm, try that. So it's, when an you way. it's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. And like, I mean, I've had, so this year I've won the $20 at the Heritage. Um, I won that, that paid 250 grand. I've won the 3,100 at least twice. Um, there's been a couple seconds and thirds in there. It's hard to keep up because I don't know. It, it's been a lot of success. Um, I finished, I guess, third or fourth in the Mega Millie for the Masters Ooh. and like second in the 888. So that I won about 180 grand. The best seven day stretch was 180 grand at the Masters. And then I turned it around the next week at the Heritage and won 380. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. 500 seconds stretch, man. The fucking heater. Well, I mean, after the Masters, it was like, 
I kind of look at my wife and say, yeah. this is a lot of money. Like, what are we going to do with it? Obviously, yeah. it's not wasted, all that. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I plan to pull this out, blah, blah, but obviously I'm going to keep playing. She's like, all right, you know, I trust you. You know what you're doing. It's obvious that you're, I mean, she doesn't, she gets what's going on, but not yeah. really. She's like, it's obvious your process is working and blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, I trust you all that. So then the next week I'm, I'm telling her that I'm we're at my in-law's lake house. And I was telling her mom, I was like, I might want a lot of money again. Like, no, don't, you know, just tell us on Sunday. Like we don't want to know. So yeah. Sunday rolls around and, you know, we're all watching golf and it's just like, I'm kind of yeah. looking at my phone. I got my computer up and with yeah. maybe five holes to go, I realized I got everybody boxed out. I had, Oh, you had a box out that early five holes. Yeah, I had so oh. much speed and can't lay in the two fifty yeah. that like the combo I had speed can't lay and Varner um, just everywhere. And obviously those three guys were top yeah. leaderboard. So it didn't matter who won the playoff. Like I think in terms of, I had everybody boxed out when Lowry and uh, was coming through like number 15. The only thing I could have lost to was a hole in one on 17. So they were like boxed out. And then he, and then he double bogeyed it. So you were really right. Happy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, wasn't was holding, like, I wasn't holding a Lowry ticket or like 70% exposed to him at that point. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it was one of those things where I like Lowry. I have him a lot. I just yeah. didn't have him there. So I'm obviously rooting like hell against Lowry and he puts in the water. And I'm that's the moment when that happened. Like I was pretty much home free um, yeah. after that. But that was a pretty good week. But I've found that. You know, the high dollar entry contests, a lot of people think they're harder to win, um, which on some level there are because you get a lot of really good players in there that know what they're doing. But what I found, and if anyone who plays that level is listening, you know, I don't know that I'm talking about you or I'm not, but <laughs> these guys have so much ego and confidence in themselves that they don't even, a lot of times in these contests, try to worry about ownership because they think that they are so good and so smart that they their the lineups. And their builds are optimal always. And fuck you, guy who's not a huge computer nerd. You can't build optimal lineups like me. Yep. So I have the edge. Well, you know, so they a lot of times don't even think about leverage. Yep. And I'm like, well, cool. You you can have that optimal lineup eight weeks out of ten. I'm here for the two weeks that you don't. Yep. And I win all the money because you exactly. all have the same players and you all go. Listen. Now we got to talk about Sleeper. It's the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. We do our SGPN Dynasty League there. You already uh, have one just like we do. So listen, it's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players you like. Pick the over-under, for example, the number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to bet. Then choose the... Then if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is the only app where I can join or fade my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat so I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's also insanely fun to ride out together. You guys know what I'm talking about. So stop what you're doing and go download the Sleeper app uh, with their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and make some money while you're at it so on your phone join our listener league group or our listener group over at sleeper.com slash sgp and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks that's right join our squad and get the 100 deposit match at sleeper.com slash sgp Listen, you guys got to make sure you go check out our new Discord server. It's the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. We're all there. We're all hanging out. We're all spitting bets back and forth. It's the reason uh, I hit my home run derby bet tonight. So let's uh, let's 
guys, go over there and go to SG or go to sportsgivenpodcast.com slash discord with an exclamation point. What's, you know, what's funny is, yeah, what's funny is, so I, I took down the mini max, I think it was like three or four weeks ago. And so that gave me, you know, because uh, I've been, I've been chipping away and building up a little bit. Right. And I'm right. like, all right. So let me, let me, let me go do, I want to go do these like five, five, fives. Let me take sure. a look at what these are at. Like, I was like, if I put, Two lineups in a G to win a hundred. I got to beat eight hundred people. Like, where am I going to get those odds? Like, those are fucking good as far as like putting out and getting a chance to win, right? Like, yes. and yes. so the first week, uh, I think I min cashed. But like the min cash, like you said, it's like, oh well, fuck. My bankroll just went up like a nice chunk. Like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, min like, cash oh. helps. Yeah, like, finishing sixth in one of these contests is like. Yeah, it's fucking I finished nice. second a lot, and the second would pay like, depending on what week it is, second will pay like seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, third pays thirty five grand, and I'm going. So the first one I had that I won that got this started was in November at the RSM, and I had you know I, I had some bankroll, not a ton, but I was you know just kind of getting this thing rolling. Um, and I had I think it was a fifteen hundred dollar contest at the time in the fall swing. They didn't have the thirty one hundred. So either the 1500 or the 2100, I don't know exactly what the level was. So I had two lineups in that. And then I had two lineups in the 555, I think, yep. or the 888. One of those two, that level. And the lineup I really liked had Rory Sabatini, who had whatever the shit was that Hideki had on his... Oh, yeah, the putter. He had on the putter, though, right? Whatever yeah. it was. He gets yeah. DQ'd. And so yeah. I'm like, oh, well, fuck my week. So I had a yep. five of six that week. that had Taylor Gooch, it had Seamus Power, and it had Cam Smith. And I think they finished one, two, three. Yep. Uh, Troy Merritt made a bunch of Eagles. And then Charles Howell finished like T12. Yep. So that wins with a five of six and just, you know, dust the field. And then in the five, 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 that lineup finished third. Yep. Would have finished second, but Seamus Power blew on in the water on 17, made double. So he cost me 20 grand. But those contests, I realized, like, oh my God, like I had a five of six. It wasn't, yeah. it had to be that perfect. Right. It was just very, I mean, it was good. It was a I, very good five of six. Yeah. But. You still have to have a good five of six. But I was texting <laughs> my buddy that, Today I was like, "Listen, man," uh, or somebody in the uh, somebody in the um, not the Slack channel, the Discord channel uh, was asking because I, I posted, you know, what I did on the weekend, and they were like, "The five 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 is good if you get the bankroll." And I was like, "Really, man?" I was like, "I was like, you know, when I was looking at like contest selection, so I didn't, I didn't want to do the Millie Maker, I didn't want to do the other one because right. because of the, I'm like, man, this just feels like it's more than double the field that normally is." Like yeah. it was like 150,000 people. I was like, no, I was like, oh, I'm not going to pass on that. So I focused more on like some higher dollar single entry stuff and uh, the single entry five by five. I was like, man, you can make more mistakes here. I was like, this was a five or six. I decided that uh, uh, Kim wasn't real. I was like, I'll play Zach Johnson. He's safer. <sighs> yeah. So I ended up getting a five or six. I came in like 12th, right? So I made, you know, whatever. I fucking five X my money and. Look, that's fucking great. A five or six. I mean, it only scored like five hundred and ten points. You know what yeah. I mean? But there was only whatever eight hundred people. Like it, it was. Yeah, it, it really is. It'll change your kind of whole perspective on this. And a lot of times, if you're in the twenty or the twenty-five dollar, whatever, in the millionaire maker, you don't have any clue where you are until like very late on Sunday. Seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the thirty-one hundred. Like, there's been times. So I won the Phoenix. Uh, won the waste management. And I didn't even have <clears throat> Scotty Scheffler um, or Patrick Cantley. It was amazing. I had Xander and Brooks who finished like three, four, yeah. and then a bunch of other you know good guys, obviously. But I had mapped it out. I think there were four or five, six or sixes that got through. I'm like, okay, I'm competing against four of you. 
And yep. here's the lineups I have to beat. I literally was – I had a list of players. And honestly, my that my sort of, I don't know, math brain went through. On Sunday, I like plotted out what the scenarios were. <laughs> like, all right, what if my guys make five birdies and two bogeys yep. and finish here? How far ahead of these guys will I be? And then I had the four other teams. I'm like, all right, conservatively, what if their guys do this and this? And then as my guys would make birdies, I'm literally checking it off. And then yeah. I, I check my the score, and I'm like, oh, okay, I beat the four guys, and I won. Like, yeah, crazy. You nice. can't do that when you're playing with 150,000 people. It's just a game of no. Keno, and you're hoping you have the best combo. But yep. in these smaller contests, it almost you get head-to-heads, particularly in a low six or six week. I mean, you're competing against three guys for yeah. 100 grand, 130 grand, whatever it ends up being yeah. in the pot. Which, you know, the, if you can stomach the bankroll and you've got the bankroll, you don't necessarily have to play the 3100. But if you no. can get yourself into the 555 or the $200 single entry, yeah, $200 like, single entry. I mean, I was looking at that this week. It's like 1,100 yeah. people single entry, so you're not going against the bots, and right. and and the payout is like 24 percent. Like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you can do that. Yeah, well, you, think about, you think about the math on it. Let's say you get a 10% winner, uh, yeah. realistically. Okay, now you got 100 lineups that have that guy, and you get a you know, 4%, 6 or 6 percentage. Now, more of those lineups are going to have the winner than right. not. But I mean, now you're looking at what 10 lineups that you're yep. competing against, realistically, yep. which yep. is, I mean, that's doable. Fine. All of a sudden, yeah. it doesn't feel Fine. so much like everything has to go perfect, which is, exactly. you know, it doesn't, which is kind of fun. So I, I recommend to people, like, if you're really, I don't, if you can stomach it, it's a different kind of way to play. Like, putting in a lot of entries into a $5 or even the $20 is a whole different type of fantasy sports than playing these smaller, you know, higher dollar but smaller entry things. So you, if you find yourself overwhelmed with trying to put together 30 lineups in the $5 and you feel like, oh, my God, it's just – why do I have to be so perfect? I'd recommend to people like take a couple of weeks and enter, you know, two or three lineups in a higher dollar contest and see yeah. how that feels to you. Yeah. And do, and keep working on your process down yeah. in the mini max and the 60 bucks for the, the 20, the 20 max, you know, $3, you know what I mean? That's right. And work that's on right. it that way. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I set out to do. I was like, all right, I have a goal. This is what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to work on these theories. Do you build, do you build subsets when you're running your 150? Do you run like multiple different ones and then throw them all together? I do. Yeah. I like to do that. I think that's a smart, I think it's a smart way to do it. Um, it depends on the week though. Like I'll, I, every week is different. And there's some weeks where I feel like I've got an edge, like at the heritage, I felt like I had just a huge edge on Patrick Cantlay, Jordan yep. Speed. I just yep. for some whatever reason it was, I thought they were going to go under own. They did. Yep. I thought they were both going to end up being really good fits. I think they had nice weather waves. I mean, everything was lining up. People just missed on it. Yep. Um, so I just went hyper aggressive on them and just did one just straight 150 build. And they were like 70 or 80% of my player pool. And obviously very aggressive. Crazy thing about that week, and somebody noted it. There was somebody who did a little write-up on my line of construction and was trying to figure it out. I had like 62% DJ that week. Blows oh, it. Misses the cut. Yeah, it misses the cut. And that was like, wait a second. This guy took down all these contests. He had 62% DJ, missed the cut. And I think the lesson that they drew from that, whoever did that analysis, was like, if you play hyper aggressive like I did that week, yeah. um, you can sustain that kind of loss, you know, losing a guy at 60% of your player pool, because you're going to, basically, the way I did it, I had. I didn't have any of the highest 15 own guys in the whole player pool, which is hard to do. That's ballsy, man. Yeah. Ballsy. That was, that was what gave it to me. Right. I mean, the, yeah. a lot of those guys missed the cut. 
Um, and even the ones that didn't, you know, didn't score that well. And I ended up having, you know, Spieth and Cantlay at low ownership. I had Corey Connors at low ownership and he made a whole one. You know, I mean, obviously you get a little luck there. Um, but, you know, a week when you can get Corey Connors at low ownership, you know, that's pretty rare uh, yeah, thing. Absolutely. So it gave me a chance to win, even though I wasn't perfect, even yeah. though I had a big just blow up in my player pool, a mistake, really, playing DJ. Yeah. Um, but because I was so aggressive with ownership and leverage, it gave me an opportunity to win without him. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Talking. I do like the aggressive style of it. Like, uh, I think I talked to uh, Wiley. I asked Wiley like, when I was starting out, like, hey, what's an aggressive player pool? Because when I did like DFS football, it was always the way I kind of what I'm doing now with golf, right? Being very particular with my contest selection, making sure the payouts are like 24%. Because I'm trying to grind out a profit, basically, yeah. to prove my wife I can do this for a fucking living because I hate finance. Um, and and so, so I'm treating it like, I'm treating it like, all right, I need to show results. I need this return. You know what I mean? Like, like you yeah. have a, an investor. You have to, you got a little accountability <laughs> investor there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> um, and so I'm very, I'm, like, I'm changing because that's how I did it. And that's how I had success in football DFS when. I uh, used to primarily focus on football. Like I, I don't even remember how I, like how I got into the golf, uh, the gambling. All of a sudden, like I was like, I golf. I was like, I wonder if I could gamble on this. <laughs> and I was like, and I found it, and I was like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> I should have never found this. This is not good. This is the worst <laughs> thing ever. The uh, because I had to take a year off. I, took, I basically took a, like a year off of, uh, of gambling because I was like getting out of control. <laughs> you oh, know I you know, my story is kind of famous for I I did a five year exclusion uh, on DraftKings between 2015 and 2020, or maybe 2016. I I only got back into it last October. Okay, um, not because golf had you know I didn't go broke. You know, there's yeah, oh, broke. Yeah. No, I was trying to become a lawyer at the bar. I was trying to get engaged, and married, and it was just a lot. It takes up so much of your time. It was like a total time drain, and not just that it was stressful. It was just yeah. every night grinding out yep. baseball, cash game, stuff like that. So I took a five-year pause. It was probably the best thing that happened to me because I got back into it sort of with a new perspective of like, you know, let me take this more, less just impulsive gambling, which Correct. I mean, we're all doing here. I mean, we're all gambling. This is gambling and it's great and it's great fun. Yeah. Um, but try to be a little more analytical about it. Correct. Uh, that worked for me. Uh, yep. And a lot of people I think have done that. You can just kind of, if you can realize if you can realize where your boundaries are and how you can be successful, yeah. what mindset you have to bring into it. And I mean, the older you, the older you get, the easier that gets. To. I, That's I'm, true. I'm older than you, right? So, um, but like it's the same thing. Like, like I mean, it, it wasn't that I was like going broke or anything. It was the fucking time, man. My wife was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, all you're doing is fucking." And then if you have a bad day, you t you're fucking moody around the house and da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, right, you know what? You're looking down at your phone. You're being yeah, mean to me. You're being exactly. mean to the dog. Exactly. Right, you, <laughs> you got kids, it's even worse because you yeah. got to be dad, you know? Yeah, yep, exactly. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, and that, that did help me. It, it reset me, you know what I mean? I even went to my wife, like when, like when I, uh, when I was starting to game like off, I was like, look, I was like, it's not gonna be like football. Uh, right. Fast forward fucking three years. I have a podcast and I do fucking three nights a week and write articles and shit now, right? <laughs> Right. But at least, and like, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect me as much. Like, I don't know. I think it might just be older, but it might be just because like, I don't know, whatever. Like I'm always going to bet on the past. I'm always going to bet on like my team. So when they lose and I lose money, it, it like it makes me upset. I don't have, I don't have a golfer who I'm emotionally sure. tied to. You know what I mean? Right. Like these guys are just things that I'm betting on. It's like picking a stock, you know, like, they are entities. I was yeah. thinking earlier this week, like I have a wall of 
fame. I'm like, I've won this year on Xander, Rory, yep. Morikawa, like everyone, Rom, all of them. I'm yep. like, I like you all. I yep. hate you all. <laughs> it's all it doesn't matter. Like, nope. you are, you are, any of you are open to be in my nope. little family or totally excommunicated. Absolutely. On the I call them, <laughs> I call it putting them on the boat, right? So, like, uh, so that the younger guys don't get it. Uh, Fredo went out on a fishing trip and didn't come back in Godfather 2. So, that's where these guys go. Yeah. yeah. Me and my buddy used to say it like uh, we've been pissing off about whatever fucking Pat or Red Sox was pissing us off. Like, all right, he's on the fucking dock and his luggage pack. He's not on the boat yet, but he's gonna get there. He doesn't fucking pull his shit together. He's getting we're, on the boat. We're, we're loading up the the life jackets for him. We're sizing him up <laughs> yeah, for some fucking exactly, life jackets. Here. Exactly. We got the measuring tape out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I mean I think that's a good takeaway for everybody, right? Obviously, do your own fucking bankroll, right? Like you like it is what it is. Start to build a bankroll. Like do it, do it smart. And if you're just doing it to have fun and fucking do scratch offs, fine. Like that's that's what I did for a fucking long yeah. time with golf. But if you're gonna take it seriously, trying to like grind out profit and build a bankroll and, and hit some bigger shit, like be specific with the contest selection. And uh, I mean, I think probably what you said is really good. Like, and I noticed that too. Like, it's definitely chalkier in the higher stuff. Yeah. It's 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 way chalkier than I thought it was gonna be. Um, and but there's like you said, there's good advantage there to be able to take the leverage, but. You also have to be ready to take the fucking big fat zero when you go against them because these guys playing in these high dollar tournaments aren't playing in these high dollar tournaments because they're fucking idiots. So. Yeah, that's right. That's one hundred percent right. I mean, I you know these are the smartest, supposedly the smartest minds in this industry, right? These are the guys who are who have got the bankroll to enter this thing. Fortunately, I hopefully I'm one of those people, but. You Man, gotta if, you be blow, if you blow this bankroll, we're, you're gonna have to have a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> you know, the good news is we took a bunch of it and put it in a giant. Well, the house isn't giant, but the the money I had to put into the house is giant. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the nice I know. thing is, it's hard to get that money back out once it goes into that down payment. You know, yeah, that's gone. Yeah, like you, can, it's like leaving a trip in Vegas where you're yeah. done and you're in the cab going to the airport. You got the money in your pocket. It's like you can't get it back from me now, Mister nope, Wynn. Nope, you know nope, I'm out of here, pal. So Wynn yeah. is a very, very good sponsor of this show, by the way. So I'm glad. Oh, you well, I was just there. I was there uh, this last weekend. Had an awesome time. They had the NBA Summer League there, um, which was super cool. Uh, just hanging out with, you know, seeing Paulo Banchero and all those kids that were there staying there because they were doing the summer league. And that Jr. Smith just walking around on his phone. It's really a cool time to be in Vegas. I think they're going to have it again next year. So I, I always tell people, like, summer in Vegas when the majors are going on, super underrated time yeah. to be there, watching golf at night while you're playing craps, particularly the summer leagues there. you got all these studs just playing yeah. craps with you. It's idea. cool. That's a good idea. We go, we go, I'm going back out for the first week of football again. And yeah. uh, I stayed at the win the last time, too. I think we're going to try to play that course uh, this time. Yeah, I played it last time I was there. It was cool. We had a lot of fun. Is it was it super hot. Yeah, it's just I, interesting. I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to say it. We'll, 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 we'll wait till after. I'll ask you uh, a couple questions. About it. Yeah. I don't want to say anything on the pod. So, all right. So, fucking went over some DFS strategy. Uh, all right. 3M thoughts, right? Obviously, it's yeah. super early. Like we said, it's going to be a lazy week, right? Everybody's going to glob onto the same ownership. Um, I mean, do you got anybody that you're eyeing up that might be low owned? Are you looking at anything particular? Like, I don't have, I don't, I don't have like the stats yet or anything like that i just kind of looked at course history in recent form yeah I, I think that's where i'm zeroing in right now i mean i find in these weeks where kind of is a wasteland of names people mm -hmm. end up going well there's two ways they do this either they'll all try to jam in the guys they know at the top just mm -hmm. jam finau and the gala in your lineup and then they end up all 
you know, kind of on the binkies, on the names they recognize in the low. Yeah, like like Tom Kim and Doug Gim and you know Bo Hostler and you know all the guys that they know that they're going to be super comfortable playing. That's what ends up happening. Or they'll get really skittish and uncomfortable with the six thousand dollar range because it is a wasteland, right? You look down at six thousand dollar range and you're looking at Jim Knauss and Cole (laughs) Hammer and fucking you know I mean. There's a couple there's guys no I like. There's a couple guys I like in the six k range off the initial look. Yeah, well, I, you know, I do too. And I, if you can find those guys, you can have a really good week. But a lot of people just get really, you know, uncomfortable down here with these names that they're not used to playing, that they don't have a lot of good recent form on. Um, and, and so what they'll do is they'll end up, you know, saying, "Well, I'm just going to live in this nine and eight k range." They'll build more balance because it's a lot easier to just go Ryan Palmer, Chris Goddard up. Brendan Todd, you know, Davis Riley, Maverick McNeely, and call it a day, right? Yep. And that way, at least you have six guys that you know. So that's what I feel like the field ends up doing more of. Um, yeah. But this week, I find in these weeks, it's it's good to be a little more aggressive because, mm-hmm. I mean, the 3M, you're going to have – one thing you have to deal with here, guys coming back across the pond who made the cut in the Open Championship, yep. your Hideki's, your Sung Jays, your Tony Finals. I think Thigala made the cut, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Thigala made the yeah. cut. Oh, yeah. He had a fucking yeah, – he, he Yeah, he had a good Friday. Yeah, he was great early. Um, you know, so you're going to have a lot of that at the top, which yeah. is interesting to me, right? Because those guys, there's a lot to deal with. I mean, this isn't a short trip. Minnesota's no. not <laughs> at all. So long trip, and it was a grinding week, obviously an emotional week for a lot of these guys. They invested a ton of time preparing for it. For some of them, they've been in Scotland for two or three weeks, yep. even just preparing. Yep. So they're gonna have to adjust their bodies back. Um, so it's not a bad week to kind of get aggressive with baiting some of the chalk mm-hmm. that you know. I mean, I, I probably you look at the Tony Finau, and there's just a lot of sort of miscut equity that you don't oh, normally yeah. get. So ordinarily, right when I'm looking at the top of the board, if I'm gonna fade a guy, I mean, I have to ask myself the question like what is this guy's floor? Like, what am I fading? Like sometimes you fade the top guy at one of these events and it's like, okay, worst case scenario, he finishes T16 and he makes a ton of birdies. Like what am I really gaining by fading this dude? Um, but I don't think that's the case this week, right? Like Tony Finau could miss the cut here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but he could. Yeah. So there's some something to be gained from potentially being aggressive and fading the top of the board. Um, at least, you know, for me, yeah. I just – I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always a fan of especially weeks like this. Just fading the whole tank day range. Fuck it. Like, I'm moving on. Like what? Like I did it uh, when Webb was the most expensive player. I had a week. You know what I mean? Like had a good week. Faded Webb. Faded all those guys. Had a fucking bunch of six and sixes get through, and I was very happy. That's uh, exactly right. You, you'll give yourself a real chance. I mean, I think looking down the board, um, there's a lot of guys that that I like that I think have a chance to play really well here. I mean, you're going to want guys who can who are more accurate. I mean, this isn't your typical place where you could just spray it all over the place. There's water good, everywhere. <laughs> good bit of water out here. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta not necessarily be precise, but you can't have the big miss here, yep. which I think, you know, that's the kind of guys I, I'm going to be. I had a Cam Chip win here, by the way. And I had a Vegas ticket, so I'm extra fucking salty about it. Like how does fucking scam champ fucking spray it all over the ad. And then he fucking somehow puts it together for this one and crushes my 80 to one Vegas ticket. That's a good question. You know, it's the Cam Champ thing, right? He's when you bet on him, you're betting his ceiling. And that ceiling is like the two times a year where he's going to hit the driver long and straight. And when he does, on this course, I mean, if you hit it long and straight, you're going to have a lot of wedges in and the greens are pretty easy. So, 
you know, with him, you ran into a ceiling week, unfortunately. Yep. I mean, if he did that's, it even 10 times, he's not doing that again, no. you know, but that's unfortunate. And he still almost fucked it up on 18 when he took driver out and fucking shanked it left into the fucking woods. <laughs> exactly right. It's totally unnecessary. But, you know, that's the Cam Champ experience. That's the ride. But nope. I, th- I think you're going to want to target some guys. There's going to be some value this week in guys who played well uh, over the Barracuda. So I think the field didn't watch much of that, didn't pay a lot of attention. So there's going to be some value in guys that have decent recent form and didn't have to put up the travel. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some guys that, that I think there's some value here. I mean, you look at a Tom Hoagie who, you know, just competed at the Open Championship against the best players in the world, and he's priced at, you know, $7,100 in this field beneath Bo Hostler and Kramer Hickok and – you know, I mean, yeah. you know, that's I'm not saying I'm playing Tom Hoagie, but, you right. know, after a deeper examination, I think you've got Tom Hoagie who's sitting at, you know, six hundred dollars less than, you know, Ricky Fowler. I mean, this is yeah. so there's there's opportunities here um, to find some guys uh, because I think there's just been a lot going on in the world of golf and we haven't necessarily seen all these guys playing together in kind of a while. So the pricing is a little bit all over the place. But IP Vanish, did you guys know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without the added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it super easy to stay private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data that means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, which I know is important for some of you guys listening, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you personally invisible online. It's that simple. And you can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing your speed. Phones, computers, tablets, even your fire stick. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. And they are offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. For you guys who don't understand math, that's nine months for free. So it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, search, and buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Use promotion code SGP and claim your 70% off savings that's ipvanish.com slash sgp so it's funny you mentioned palmer off the top because it's like a name people know right but right. obviously it's fucking monday like eight o'clock right so or nine o'clock my time so and he's not projected for any ownership but it's hilarious that he's 7900 he's cheaper than martin laird brendan Steele, like like and yeah. he's and he's right there with chris goddard Ryan Palmer is a professional fucking golfer. Like this guy yeah. can, this guy can win. You know what I mean? Well, like, he just looked pretty good. Scottish, I Scottish, mean, exactly. Like, I mean, really good. Kind of out of nowhere because he hadn't been playing great. But yeah. Ryan Palmer could win this golf tournament. So yeah. there's some spots like that. I mean, of course, he's. I talk about this all the time when we do the major shows with Andy. And what you want to look at when you look at ownership is kind of the sandwich that a guy's in, right? Nick Hardy, who's been so good recently and played so well in the majors. People have, have been on him. And then obviously got her up who is going to garner all the ownership this week. Yep. So you're right between those two guys yep. that you're in that sandwich. You're going to have lower ownership than you should probably. So those are, it's a nice thing to look. If you can find one of these sandwiches with low ownership, if Ryan Palmer is 
not between those two guys instead of being 5%. I mean, I doubt he ends up coming in at 5%. Which right. is, but, you know, instead of being 8%, he's 12%, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's where he is. And, you know, that, that affects the way – because you're not building lineups and picking players in a vacuum. I mean, you're, right. you're having to build lineups with some pretty specific salary constraints. So, you know, people aren't typically going to pick three guys from the same exact spot because that's just not the way this thing works. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's what I like to think about all the time is I try to think about what are the lineups going to look like? Where are the people going to have to go? Um, you know, if they want to build a lineup with, you know, Tony Finau, then where are their ne- next clicks going to have to come from? So I try to think about that more and like how lineups are going to be constructed um, versus, you know, just looking at guys in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Because, listen, you can eat two chalky guys and tell yourself to leave whatever, $400, $500 on the table and skip yeah. over the range where the next, you know, what you would assume is the next click range is going to be and just move on that way. You can eat the chalk and differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself somewhere else down low. Elsewhere, right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, – one guy I would take a look at this week, and I think he – it's obvious to me that he's going to be high on, but I'm so intrigued by JT Poston being $8,500. Um, yeah. I just – it's hard <laughs> to ignore how good he's been. I mean, the form here stateside at least. Um, yeah. Well, of course, it's like this against fields like this. I mean, he's been kind of the best guy around. He missed kind of the open, but I, he got on a weird bogey run. Like, yeah, because he was okay on he was okay on Thursday. Yeah, and there were a lot of times during that those first two days that JT Poston, because I had him in my player pool, so I was sort of tracking him on the leaderboard. He yeah. he spent a lot of time inside that cut line, so it wasn't like a big flame out. And he had a tough, uh, to be quite honest with you, a tough run. Like I mean, he had the, the win. Obviously, the high emotions from that, the travel over there, kind of getting acclimated. Yep. You know, that may be an argument against using him here. It's just that he's been all over the place and he's probably a little fatigued. Um, but it's an interesting price on a guy that is winning and is competing yep. and is playing really well. So I'd, I'll be interested to see what people do. I imagine he'll be very highly owned. Um, but, you know, he's in a range with Martin Laird, who just played really well, Bryn Steele, who – People always seem always to love at these kinds of events, yep. you know, and, that, and obviously getting down to Hardy and got her up who aren't too far away from him. So, yeah. you know, there's, there, there'll be some interesting ranges here. I think the key is just to, you got to be willing when it comes to these guys to fade chalk in weeks like this, um, even if it's uncomfortable. I mean, I love Adam Spencer as much as the next guy, but if he's going to be 22% owned, I mean, pass. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass and I'll just take the chance that it's going to be a week where he misses the cut. Cause this isn't like your typical week where you're having to fade JT and you're fading guys that miss the cut all the time. All I mean, the Austin, time. Austin Smotherman's great, but he doesn't make every cut. And yep. He has, if he were, <laughs> but he wouldn't be playing in this event at $7,400 if he were the kind <laughs> exactly. of guy who would make every cut. Exactly. So you just got to get comfortable with that and that yep. know that that's where your edge lies a lot of times is in, just being willing to click some uncomfortable names in an yeah. event where uncomfortable names win sometimes camp champ of yeah. all people. You know, well, so, so he was probably sub five percent because he was such bad fucking form coming in. You know what I mean? Exactly but, right. People bet on this yeah. Michael and going back, Michael Thompson wins this event oh, kind yeah. of out of nowhere. Pretty I mean, really out of nowhere. Honestly, I remember yeah. that. That was a weird weird. Time. I mean, I think Richie Wierenski was coming down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He was really in that. So I mean, you see some strange names pop. Uh, at this event, and I think part of that, talk about this when we're at the Honda, you know, early in the season, is that when you get a lot of water around, 
obviously a lot of penalty strokes. That's going to raise the variability of the event. This yep. isn't your not a U.S. Open setup where no. everyone's striking it. I mean, there are going to be opportunities to drop shots, even for good players. So what that means is you can take a shot on some of these guys because there are missed cuts lurking out there for guys that ordinarily wouldn't. So yep. that's going to be where I'm looking this week. And it's so early that so early. We know very little about what ownership is going to be until, for me, Wednesday night. Wednesday afternoon in yeah. a normal week. I mean, Tuesday night, it starts to develop a picture. Yeah. Wednesday evening is when you really know. And so we don't know. Much. Wednesday is when you start to look, all right, who's the guy who everybody thinks is going to be too That's jockey? Right. Where's the ownership going to move to that? And That's then right. I'm going to talk. Everybody my, starts going I'm to talk, I'm going to talk myself into a pretzel on my fourth gin and tonic. Uh, you know, I've learned not to. I don't tinker anymore because I, I don't either. I forget what event it was. Oh, it was Tory Pines. I tinkered at Tory Pines. I subbed out. It was just a one for one sub, and it cost me fifty thousand dollars. Oh, Straight up, I took them out at ten o'clock at night, and it was a fifty thousand dollar mistake. I don't do it anymore. Um, that lineup ended up finishing like ninth or something in that contest oh. it would have finished second is what it is it happens yep. i've told myself my instincts are better than my my fucking retard brain yeah excuse me idiot yeah, brain if it comes I've, up I've, and I've, uh, said I've said it on here before our age is in our vernacular that's all and my yeah kids, right. my kids yell at, yeah my kids <laughs> yell at me too i'm like listen i don't mean it how you mean it like I'm I, right I, well i'm not yeah like right exactly I mean, I've, I've eliminated so many words this one's just very very hard <laughs> <laughs> this one's very <laughs> sticky. I'm trying to get my, it out of my brain. One of my best friend's cousins uh, has Down syndrome. And sure. I was talking to uh, his mother. And we were talking about something. And I was like, ah, it's fucking retarded. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, it's fine. I was like, oh, yeah. like, I was like literally the one person in this room. Like, that's who yeah. I say it to. <laughs> well, it is what it is. We're all trying our best. We are. You know, my, my idiot brain takes over sometimes. And I'm, I'm you know, just trying to, like, overthink. I'm just trying to get too cute. Um, yeah. And it's easy to do because you oh so easy you know you just you're stuck there with your thoughts and yep. you know anyway I I'd encourage people not to do that your instincts are usually pretty good particularly if you put in any sort of research I guess we like to call it early in the week usually your first look it's or, it's, it's not even research it's data analysis that's all well that's right that's what <laughs> people say research is kind of weird I'm like you're yeah. not reading through no, books no. we're doing data analysis and, and then using. Sort of, our eyeballs and our gut for people who watch all these garbage. That's exactly right. Like Any analysis that you've done, I think that's a better word for yeah. it. Because I always get a little bit like that's kind of why I said research. What yeah, are we? Historians not really researching. Yeah. But uh, you know the analysis that you're doing, right? I mean that's going to be that, that's going to be where your the, the best work is done, not yeah. your anxious. You know, which is really all that is. That's just anxiousness oh, yeah. and, and activity. You know, yep. so I tell people just to avoid that if you can. Yeah. Have you? So yeah, talk about anxious. Like, I mean, that's a hundred percent correct. That, like, and it's funny. Like, society now, I mean, even like my kids, if they don't have their fucking phone for like twenty minutes, they have no idea what to do. I was like, dude, I grew up. I just, I just stood there and had my thoughts, and not the best. Like, I'm glad you have a phone. Like, <laughs> like, like it's terrible. I get it, but now you know how we live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I still remember uh, my kids. My kids picked up my uh, my wife's grandparents' like phone, like an actual fucking phone, and they heard a dial tone. This was like ten years ago at this point, and uh, they were like, "What's that noise?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh boy, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, if they had seen dial-up internet, man. Oh yeah. Oh boy, oh, boy. They would have had oh. no idea. No idea. All right, man. You got any more nuggets for the people? Well. 
you know, I don't know. Just generally when people ask me, I get a lot of people ask me how to be successful at this. And I get a lot of messages and, you know, I've been lucky enough to have some success. I just tell people like you have to be comfortable and I can't hammer this home enough. Just be comfortable being a little bit different when you're building these lineups because that's how you win. You don't want to be playing Keno here where you're having to find that one right, like you're playing the same lineup as everybody else and you got to find that one exact right combination. What you want to be is a different enough that when the tournament gets different, you're there competing against a smaller number of people for a lot of money. And you're not going to win every week. The goal, if you're playing GPPs, is to make a profit, obviously. But what you really want to do to make that real profit is to be up pretty close to the top of that board. And the best way to do that, just be comfortable with those ugly clicks. And it's hard to do because as you're clicking around, you're thinking to yourself, well, that, this guy's going to miss the this cut. This guy sucks. Why am I clicking? It's only a missed cut. It's not the end of the world. You know, you're <laughs> going to lose. I mean, you're going to look like an absolute hero and genius when you play like I did, Cameron Davis. Talk about the Camerons. I've been in the Cameron zone before <laughs> it was right. cool. That's My lineup right. that won at the Heritage had Cameron Davis and Cameron Young, who nobody wanted to play at the Heritage because right. you got to be super accurate. And yeah. Cam Young can never hit driver straight. And then all he did all week was pound it down the middle and make Lucky. 30. Would he, would, he, would he open up minus 11 for the first round leader or something ridiculous? Yeah, Fucking guys, and both those guys, I think Cam Davis shot 64 yep. or 63 on Sunday to yep. sort of just vault. Yep. Yeah, just vault up the board. I mean, he's making everything. Yep. So, you can be a little different and just know that, you know, the, the narratives that you hear that sort of coalesce over the course of the week about a place, they're not always right. Nope. Sometimes they are. Sometimes people, you know, people get it right. But a lot of times what you see on Twitter and what everybody's saying isn't right at all. And they're just repeating what the first guy said. And it's like a game of telephone. And you think there's 20 people that thought that all came to one conclusion independently, but they really didn't. A lot nope. of times it was one guy who came to the conclusion and then the, he told the other guy who told the other guy. So you're not really going against 20 separate analyses. You're going against one. Yep. Uh, so I encourage people to think, you know, try to think a little bit outside the box. And that can give you a huge edge because people in this industry, your competitors are not always right. Um, and if you can find those weeks where they're not, you know, you're skating. So yeah. dare to be different. Dare to be different. This is my like motivational it. speech for, for the day. But I like it can, it. we need some money. Really good. Absolutely. All right, Kobe, man. Well, listen, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Spit some knowledge, chopping up about the open, man. And uh, you seem like you're in good spirits after the, after uh, the loss, the day, the day, and the and the Top Gun Maverick helped you out a little bit. Um, it did. Congrats to you on your ticket. I've been trolling the Cam Smith backers. They deserved it. They were giving me shit. But uh, you engaged too much. You you engage too much on with people. I know. Well, you guys have your money that you can just go sleep on. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I just I can't, like I don't know. It was funny. I think. I don't know. I think I even texted Andy like when I got like like my first like troll. I was like, "The fuck? What am I supposed to do with this? Like, I'm not. I don't want to engage on this. Like, like, am I supposed to engage on this? Because I don't understand it. Like, I, like yeah. I'm not. I'm not active enough on Twitter. Like, I am. Like, dude, I got fucking four kids, a full time job. Like, right. by the time I sit down at night, like, I'm on. I'm looking for shit on Twitter. I'm not trying to post anything on Twitter. Right. Like, how do <laughs> I deal with you? So, like, this guy's in my mentions. He's dude, tagging me in things. Who's this fucking person. What is this? What am I supposed to do with this? I'm like, I just lost a bunch of money, and this person wants to be mean to me? Yeah, what happened? Cool. Like, don't do I don't charge you for my content, you prick. Like, <laughs> like, like sorry. No, no, we're doing okay. It's a bounce-back week. You know what? That's what we do. We get up and try to make some profit. You're not going to win every week. But, hey, hopefully we do this week.
Absolutely. All right. Where can they find you on Twitter? The cesspool. Yeah. So uh, it's really the only thing I have to plug. I'm just a lawyer. So find me at, at Debose Defense on Twitter. Um, search for my name. I'm probably the only white guy named Kobe that you know. Um, so yeah, when you find me there, you're gonna find some lawyer takes. But there'll be a lot of golf. Most of Look. my lawyer friends are like, "Is do you even work anymore?" Yes, like, I work. I only tweet about golf these days, though. So yeah, exactly. You're like, listen. <laughs> Couple more GPPs, maybe not, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'm doing. I'll be, I'll be. I'll be working for the Innocence Project only. Let's go. That's right. Pro bono. I'll just That's take cases right. when I want to. That's right. That's <laughs> the way to go. All right, Kobe. Listen, man. I really appreciate having you on. Uh, boys, you know where to find me on the new Discord channel. Um, come over there. The Slack channel is now just for us, and now everybody else goes to Discord. It's really active already. It's pretty fun. Uh, Boston underscore Capper on Twitter. Tomorrow night, I got uh, I got John Hals, I can never say that, right? fucking PJ Tout coming on uh, to break down the betting card with me. Sorry, I put your name, John. Um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's it, man. 